Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right. Uh, good. Take a minute to talk some uh, significant golf. Great tournament this week. And, of course, the uh, accident that befell Tiger Woods and the outpouring of uh, well wishes and respect for Tiger Woods that has been uh, all over over the last several days. A guy who's got a better feel for the game of golf than anyone I know. He's always good enough to hop on board when I need golf insight. He shares it with those of you who are Golf Channel fans. And if you uh, follow his show, Fairways of Life, uh, that is put out on all the better ways you can get your shows, iTunes, YouTube, On Demand, you name it. Uh, you can get Matt Adams' Fairways of Life. He's going to step on our fairway for the next 10 or 15 minutes. How are you, Matty? Tony Mack, I'm well. How about you? Good. Uh, can't complain except for the COVID world in which we're living. But uh, mm-hmm. we're all still living, and that's a good thing, um, which was kind of in question there for a while when people got to see the video of the accident the tiger woods uh, was able to uh, remove himself from the car that he was in pretty scary stuff where were you when you heard about the fact that tiger had been in this exceptionally bad uh, accident i was actually in the studio when it happened and and just to follow up on what you were saying in terms of initial reports initial eyewitness accounts actually thought that Tiger had died in the accident. We now are learning more information about how they extracted him from the car. He obviously couldn't get out. He was extremely badly injured, broke both uh, bones in his, in his right leg below the knee, uh, crushed his ankle, damaged his foot. I mean, all of that requiring rods and pins and screws and everything else that went into afterwards. The bones actually protruded right through the skin, which is an incredibly dangerous situation because if you don't get to that in a time frame of one to three hours, it can result in amputation and the loss of the limb. But what happened with the accident initially, when the emergency personnel got there, we have now learned they were trying to decide how they were going to get Tiger out of the car. And their options were maybe the sunroof, maybe cut the top of the car off, the SUV completely, just cut it right off, or take him out through the windshield. And they ultimately decided on the windshield. Now, to the part of the initial eyewitness accounts going that they didn't think he made it, they covered Tiger with a sheet in the car. And the reason they did that is so that he wouldn't get hit with shards of glass as they were trying to remove this glass in order to remove him. And so that's what happened. They used an axe. They cut away the windshield. They pulled it out. They got him out. And we've now learned that from the time they showed up to the time they had him in an ambulance, 
it took them 12 minutes, which I thought was very impressive. Yeah, that's pretty damn quick, uh, and that's not not surprising. Well, that area of California is uh, um, fairly well populated, but uh, top people, I'm sure, got out there immediately, you know, whether they knew it was Tiger Woods or not. Uh, they did a great job. Um, what's the latest you've heard on the surgeries that he's had? Uh, as you mentioned, it could have gone rather badly, and including the likes of possibility of amputation. We know that's not the case. Uh, how did the surgeries go? Uh, what is his potential rehab looking at if Tiger decides, yeah, that I'm going to use this as motivation for me to get out back out there on the course and continue my quest for championships? It's actually a much more serious situation than I think people realize. Uh, I consulted with Dr. Michael Maloney, who's the head of orthopedic sports medicine at the University of Rochester because he's one of the renowned experts of it in the United States. And I said to him, what are you looking at here, kind of best-case, worst-case scenario? And the best-case scenario this particular doctor came up with, with rehab and, and everything healing up extremely well, was a minimum of nine months. I've heard others give shorter time frames, but this guy's an expert. He said nine months. However, on the outside of that, he said it could go up to 24 months, he said, but it's too soon to tell because he still could have complications from the nature of the severity of the injury, the fact that they had to pull the, the fascia and the muscle tissue away from the leg in order to reset those bones and to clean it after, after they protrude it out. So he, his comments are that he's not out of the woods yet. You got, they, they've obviously got to keep very, a very close eye on him, and they are. Uh, but but it's, this is a long road ahead of him, and that's not my quote. That was the doctor, the expert's quote in terms of what lies ahead for Tiger Woods, unfortunately. And that's why we got bring guys like Matt Adams on. If uh, they don't know, they find out, and then they share with us. And I learned uh, plenty there about what Tiger is looking at going forward. We did get to see the response from all of the people that uh, have been affected by Tiger Woods over the past 25 years, the current golfers, those he played with, those uh, he got to know and uh, become friends with, and the uh, outreaching of everyone wearing red and black today on tours across the globe as a matter of fact, I thought it was pretty darn touching. How about you? Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it speaks to the popularity of Tiger Woods. I mean, you, you constantly hear the, the, the same names used. Muhammad Ali, uh, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, in terms of their global popularity, in terms of their ability to cut through their respective sports, and people know who they are. And I would suspect, although I've never had an occasion to prove this, but I would suspect that people may know those three names, even if they don't know what sport that they, they initially made their fame in. So everything that happened with this with Tiger Woods, from, from the, the fifth back surgery in the wake and in the hope of after winning the Masters that everybody thought maybe he can win three more and catch Jack Nicklaus for the all-time list of major championships won, and then there was this accident. And then we saw the images coming through from, I think it was KCBS, if I'm not mistaken, Jody Mack, that was the first one to put out images that ended up going viral and getting picked up live around the country. And it was shocking. And it was frightening. And it was one of those that you thought, my gosh, no one could survive that. I, obviously, it's a testament to the way that cars are made nowadays, that, that the passenger cabin uh, was protected in what was clearly a very violent interaction so for all those reasons, I think it was heartbreaking for a lot of people. Uh, everyone is saying the right things right now, that this isn't about golf. This isn't about 
whether he's going to play or when he can play again. It's just about him healing and being with his family. Uh, but you can't help if you're a fan of the competitive side of the game and his march deeper into the history books to think, geez, could this be the end? Could this be the period at the end of the sentence for Tiger Woods in his competitive career? And if it is, to be tied all-time wins with Sam Snead, to finish three behind Jack Nicholas is absolutely no shame whatsoever. It was, by any measure, if it is the end, a remarkable career. On that, we can agree. Um, it, this is just my own morbid curiosity. And if you don't want to answer this question, don't. But if you do know the answer and you do want to answer it, please do. Has Tiger been able to put forth or has an investigation, because an accident of this magnitude is certainly going to cause an investigation, has there been any details that have surfaced about why this happened? Uh, was it an animal that ran out in front of his car? Was Tiger texting when he shouldn't have been? Has there been any information that you've been able to gather as to uh, why the accident happened? No, the only thing we're getting are the reports coming from the sheriff's department out there, which is interesting because they're being very couched, they're being very careful, and they're staying well within the lines themselves. The only thing that they have alluded to is that speed was definitely a factor. Now, we also know that someone reported Tiger for driving recklessly earlier that same day. Uh, my understanding is, is that it had something to do with him pulling out of the parking lot aggressively and and someone either he got too close to their car or what happened i don't know the details of that all i know is is that somebody already reported him before the accident everything that i'm hearing and seeing my own speculation on it is that this is a speed related accident for someone just like happens to all of us that was running late for an appointment uh, whether he was using his phone or not no idea but again if you compare it to every everybody else in the world Chances are we all do, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. We haven't we haven't heard any finite details on it, but I do know that when they do those sorts of investigations, Jody Mac, they do go in the phone records as well. Uh, so we'll see what comes up there. They they have said that it was not substance related. That that there was nothing to indicate whatsoever that Tiger's actions were somehow influenced by substances that were within him. It sounds like this one was just an accident. Matt Adams of the Golf Channel, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, one more tight question. Now I want to talk to you about the tournament that came down today and look a little bit ahead toward the upcoming overall golf season. Um, we were talking about Tiger last night here on my show, and someone suggested that uh, when Tiger's career is over and done with, he's got the world at his feet. He's got so many possibilities of things he could do if his career was, was unfortunately, to come to an end. And someone even suggested he could be the uh, commissioner of the PGA. And then I got a call thereafter who said, that's ridiculous. Tiger Woods is a jerk. He always has been. He mistreats the uh, media. He's better than people. And I defended him as well as I think I needed to. Um Assuming that he can't play competitively again, when I say that, I mean the PGA Tour. We've still got several years before he gets to 50, and that would give him plenty of time to rehab, and maybe at some point he takes over that tour the same way he took over the regular tour. Um, But I'm talking about on the PGA Tour. If his playing days are behind him because of this injury, what do you think Tiger Woods is going to do with the rest of his life? Well, I think, number one, he's going to hang out with his two young children. I mean, if if, if that be the, the, the case, Jody Max. So, I mean, Tiger's got all the money he could ever spend in, in 10 lifetimes, and he's he's got a career that's been immensely successful. I can't see him getting into 
any form of, of being an administrator in any way. He's got nothing to prove to anybody. He's already proved his, his greatness and where he stands out. But to the point of you know how Tiger treats other human beings, I'll give you a little inside story. As you know, when we're doing live coverage, television or radio, and you're waiting to interview a player post-round, pre-round, whatever it is, you've got a producer in your ear going, okay, Jody Mack, we're coming down to you. Uh, we're going to go to commercial break. We'll beat you in 90 seconds. We'll beat you in 30 seconds. We'll beat you whenever it is. So whenever you're standing next to an athlete, there's always some period of time that it's just you two because only you know when you're going on. And you might look to the athlete and whisper to him, we're going to be on in two minutes. And you right. sit and you wait. No one else can speak to you at that time because they don't know when they're going to come to you. And in that interval, you have a connection with someone that's human because you're standing next to him. And I can tell you I've done it many, many times with Tiger Woods, and he'll always go out of his way. Like in my case, I always wear a cap because I have skin cancer. He'll be like, hey, Maddie, nice cap, or da, da, da. whatever it is, small talk. They don't have to do that. And there's a lot of athletes, in fact, uh, for example, like a Phil Mickelson, not, nothing against him, but he doesn't say a word to you. He just stands there and waits for you to talk to him. Tiger Woods engages, and, and, he, and he's like a regular guy as far as that goes. And that's why you'll find so many of the other players in particular really like him, because there is the Tiger that once that red light goes on that becomes very guarded, and it's just his nature. He, he's, he, he hides behind uh, his image. I get it. But outside of that, on a human level, on the side that nobody can see, he's not a bad dude. That's good to hear. Matt Adams here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, this week's tournament, the winner, Colin Morikawa, had a great round. He kind of let the field back in, and then he dismissed him on the back nine and ended up winning for another uh, major championship for himself. There was a story they related on the coverage. They could have been on a golf channel with you guys earlier or NBC later, that he was hoping to get a red shirt that he could wear today. His sponsor, I saw it was Adidas. Uh, he didn't have one handy. They didn't have one handy. They attempted to ship one to him, and I guess it didn't get there in time because he wasn't one of the guys who was wearing red today. What did you hear about his attempt? Because he's a SoCal kid and uh, grew up a huge Tiger fan. I know he wanted to wear, wear red today and was probably disappointed that he couldn't. Yeah, actually, I heard it was just a very simple reason. It was weather-related. How Wherever it was supposed to go from to, somewhere along the line of that human chain, it got held up because of weather. I, so I don't know exactly where that was, whether it was with livery service or not, or whether it was with the person that was supposed to put it in the in the, in the the post, and they couldn't do it because of the weather. But that's what I heard. And, and it, it, everybody was wanting it. I don't know if you heard what Colin said after he won. Here he just finished. And this kid in his tw early 20s, that's already a major champion, to have the poise, he looked into the camera and he said, I just want to say thank you to Tiger. I, because we don't say thank you enough. And you don't know when you're not going to get the chance. He said, I lost my grandfather about a month ago. And, he, and, and I sensed that he was starting to get a little bit choked up. I don't know if he was. I sensed it. But he said, I just wanted to say thank you when he looked in the camera. I was just so impressed with that level of maturity and that, that awareness. The, the, he's, this, he's a very, very special guy. He is, and he's got a special game, too, and he was great again today. And he had to do so on that course, which they put up some good numbers. Uh, all the top guys were uh, double digits under par for the week. 
but it seems like a really tricky course. I had not seen the concession before. Um, was it scheduled to play there, or did they have to uh, re-put it there? Um, I, I've never uh, seen the course down in Bradenton, but it's got its intricacies, and uh, certainly Morikama was able to uh, overcome all of them. Yeah, he was able to overcome a lot of them, but it. But it's definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll just be honest with you. It's bizarre around the green complexes. It's incredibly severe. Uh, it was there because of COVID. This event normally is held outside of Mexico City, right. and they decided instead they were going to have a, an extended Florida swing to keep everybody in the same area, try to keep everybody safer, so they're not flying and traveling around as much. And so that's how it ended up at the concession. It's a co-design by J- Tony Jacklin. And Jack Nicholas, of course, Jacqueline, the recipient of the concession at the 1969 Ryder Cup. That's what the event. That's what this whole course was built to commemorate. Uh, but the two World Golf Hall of Famers together built a golf course that kind of winds its way through the wetlands, very broad, wide areas to land the ball off the tee. But once you get up to the greens, it's a bit of a riddle and. You could see the way that it snuck up like Hovland finished uh, in a tie for second. He took a nine on his final hole, uh, the ninth hole on Friday. So you could see it's just it's it's a very, very difficult place. And it's a one off because of covid. And judging from the way that the players struggled on the greens, my guess is they're going to be happy about that. Now, it's funny that you brought up Hoblin. I was going to ask you about him next, a uh, guy who uh, made a couple of runs in the majors last year, major up-and-coming young star on the tour, much like Morikawa. Um, he's Swedish, but he went to school here in America and has been playing on the PGA Tour for a couple of years now. Uh, I understand that when they have international tournaments, he's going to go back and represent his country of his birth, but... He's just one of several guys on the tour that, uh, like Rory, I know he is very proud of his Irish heritage, but he lives here these days and he plays almost every week on the PGA Tour. When do European guys who moved over here, bought property, have houses and the like, when do they actually become Americans? Uh, It depends. I mean, if you look at, for example, with just to use the, the players that you use, Rory McIlroy married an American girl. Uh, they, they now have a child together, and he lives in South Florida. He gets back to his native uh, land of Northern Ireland with a, as much regularity as he possibly can. But his parents live down in, in South Florida now, too. So he's kind of moved the, you know, the whole family unit down there. So everybody's surrounding him. Uh, Hoblin, who's Norwegian, is, is, he went to school here. He loves it here. He's got a girlfriend here. However, and this is the key point, which I think you're alluding to, you can play on the PGA Tour and through the world's points list, you get points towards the European Ryder Cup team. So I would not be the least bit surprised to see both of those prominent, as Rory has been many times already, and Hovland certainly is penciled in, for the future Ryder Cup teams for many years to come. So even though they're here and they're entertaining on the PGA Tour and playing well, and, and you can see Hovland is, is a kid, again, who's just got a great personality, very friendly, very easy to be a fan of. Yeah, he's, he's going to be on those teams, and he thinks that's up against the Americans. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his game. Not that I'm knocking more Coward either because he won and he's already got a uh, major in his back pocket. But uh, I just love Hovland's game and the way that he plays. And I'm going to tap into your historic knowledge of the game of golf. 
Has there ever been a guy who's come, born in another country, come to America, college, married, family, house, who said, yeah, you know, I'm an American now. I, I want to be on the American Writers' Cup team. I want to be an American President Cup team. Sorry, but I'm an American now. Has anybody ever made that jump? Well, you know what? I mean, because you asked me historically, the, the, the answer is yes. Uh, and the reason being is that when the Ryder Cup started in 1927, many of the players came from Europe. People were immigrating, and, and, and they were from that respective country originally, but they became American citizens, and they competed for Team USA. So, yes, it has happened multiple times uh, through, the, through the course of the, of the history of the event. However, in more modern times, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but David Faraday is uh, an American citizen. Now, he competed for the European Ryder Cup team at the, as they call it, the War by the Shore in 1991. But it's very interesting. David, who now lives in Texas with cowboy hats and cowboy boots and the whole thing <laughs> with the Irish accent, he absolutely sees himself as first and foremost, first in line, an American. To the point that when the Ryder Cup rolls around and you say a guy who competed for the European team, who who are you backing at this Ryder Cup? He says, "I'm an American. I'm I'm backing the American team." So, kind of a more modern celebrity uh, connection to the question that you're asking. That's a great answer. That's why we have Matt Adams on. All right, uh, seven weeks away from when we return to when the Masters is supposed to be played. It's a quick turnaround because of last year's uh, completely juggled schedule with COVID being what it was. Uh, we are going to crown a Masters champion only six months apart, which mm-hmm. neither you nor I thought was ever going to happen during our lifetimes, but it is the case. Are we back on schedule now? I know it is on paper and it's probably going to happen, but in the players' minds and in the players' games, are we on schedule for a regular 2021 PGA season starting the Masters, uh, starting the majors off of the Masters? Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, I think probably when we were kids too, Jody Mack, I mean, the golf season didn't start until the Masters. That's the way it felt. Nowadays, that's not as much the case because there's so many big events going on. Like the event we were just talking about today, that's a World Golf Championship event. That's a co-sanctioned tournament with seven different global tours. And so from there, this week, it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Again, pretty big week, wouldn't you think? Because it's an Invitational, it's a limited field, et cetera. Week after that, we've got the Players' Championship, where traditionally they have something like 99 of the top 100 players in the world that are represented, that are competing. And that was the event, if you recall, last year, they were just starting the event. They got a round in before they had to, they had to cancel it because of uh, COVID. It was really the NBA that triggered the whole thing where everybody said, geez, if they're shutting it down, we're going to have to do the same thing. Yep. So I think that when you, when you talk about the big events, the first one that we really have to pay attention to is the players. Because the players at, at TPC Sawgrass, the stadium course, you're going to start to get a pretty good picture of who's firing on all cylinders. And we've had a pretty good picture, an indication of it so far, with Brooks Kepko winning again, as you mentioned, uh, Morikawa just today. It looks like Jordan Spieth is waking up again. Rory, uh, they keep, they, Rory hates it, but they call it backdoor top tens, where he d- kind of does nothing at the start of the tournament, and then he works his way into a pretty good finished position when it's all said and done, and he, and he tends to do that for a while. But one of these weeks, everything is going to jive for him, too. So I think the players is going to give us a strong indication. If 
aside from that, if we hopped over that subject matter, then I can't see how Dustin Johnson, who just won in November and in a short time frame coming back in April, isn't still the favorite to win the Masters again. So maybe it'll be the, uh, you know, the short window Masters slam for, for DJ. But I, I just think when he's, he's world number one, when he does what he's capable of doing, and he's already shown that he's capable of Augusta National just a few short months ago, I think he'd be the chief one right now I'd keep an eye on. Then make a mental note of it. Matt Adams, Jody McDonald will be calling to get you on the weekend of the TPC. <laughs> Appreciate your coming on with us tonight, brother. Always good. Uh, you give us insight every time you join. All right. Good talking to you. Bye-bye. That is Matt Adams, uh, reporter for the Golf Channel. His Fairways of Life show is basically available out there everywhere, uh, whether you get it on YouTube or iTunes or uh, wherever you get your better podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.